Hello and welcome to Get It Started, Get It Done, the Banyan Security Podcast covering the security industry and beyond. In this episode, our host and Banyan's Chief Security Officer, Ben Jones, speaks with Maurice Hamilton, the founder of Infinivate, an IT support and managed services provider that's mastered top quality and reliable service for its customers. We hope you enjoyed Den's discussion with Maurice Hamilton. Hey folks, hey, welcome to another episode of Get It Start to Get It Done. I'm your host, Dan Jones. This is Banyan's uh, cunning adventure into podcasting. Um, we also do some software thing as well, so we can dig into that another day. Uh, so every every episode, I get some fascinating and exciting guests. Today is uh, Maurice Hamilton. I'll let Maurice introduce himself, but he is a founder, he's a CEO, he's a smart man, he's the man with the plan. Maurice, welcome. Dan, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So why don't you why don't you start by explaining a little bit about who in Infinite is in, in, in how, how do you even pronounce it? Come on, man. You you get us you get keep us right here. Sure. So I actually Dan was right. I am the uh, founder and the uh, uh, the the managing partner at Infinivate. And Infinivate is actually two words I put together. The first part, infinite for Infin and innovation evade. So they got together, got married, and they created Infinivate. So that's that's how we uh, created that name. Um, so I thought I'd be a little bit creative with it. Uh, just to give you a little bit of my background, I am a uh, software engineer developer by trade. Uh, started off uh, programming uh, COBOL, Assembly, JCL, and working on mainframes way back in the day when we had punch cards. So that's how I started my uh, career in uh, computer science and in a computer industry, and I've been doing it for many, many years thereafter. Had a, a couple of big stints with uh, with three main uh, companies out there. Two of them are VAR resellers. Uh, that they're both multi-billion-dollar companies. That when I started out, they were uh, a few million-dollar companies. So I had a chance to watch those companies grow as the uh, the PC came from a price of five thousand dollars down to an affordable. Now you can pick them up for a couple hundred bucks. You know, uh, back in those days, we had fax machines and we had modems that were at, and we thought a 1200 bomb modem was the uh, the, the bomb.com back in those days, you know. Um, so I've been doing that for many years now. I actually uh, work with distribution, which opened my eyes to work on a global perspective with engineers all around the world. And uh, about maybe almost five years ago now, I purchased my own company and uh, we've been focusing on software development, focusing on cybersecurity and focus on uh, dispatch services for our clients. So that gives you like a, a high level overview of my career for the last uh, three, almost four decades. Awesome. And it's funny. So you and I have one thing in common then. I, I also done some COBOL programming when I was, when I was a kid. Um, back in my college days, it was actually the one class that, that I excelled at. I think it was shit at everything else. But COBOL, for some reason, that just seemed to work for me. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that really speaks to my twisted brain. I'm not quite sure. So in Infinivate, why don't why don't you share a little bit about so what is it you guys do? What do you focus on? And and when you started the company, what what was what was top of mind for how you approached like why did you want to get involved and run your own company? So I want to hear first about what you guys do, what you excel at, and then then why. Sure. So what we really do it is we do very well is uh, uh, going to companies and actually helping them with business process optimization. So we'll go to our organization and then uh, the first thing I like to do because it really, I like solving problems. 
So we'll go to an organization and say, okay, tell me about your pain points. We'll sit down with the uh, all the different stakeholders. I'm talking about from warehouse staff all the way to billing department and to the IT staff and say, where are you having your glitches at? And then we'll kind of like take an analytical approach to how we can actually resolve those problems with it. Um, when we work with uh, some of our customers that actually have dispatch services, my goal is to go out there and see how can we do it faster and better than everybody else. So someone may call us like now and say, hey, look, we have a access point down at this particular location. How soon can you send somebody out there? My goal is to work with the people that we've built relationships over the years and see if we can actually get somebody qualified out there to resolve the problem. And at the end of the day, I'm looking for for speed to market. I'm looking for someone to say, man, that Maurice at Infinivate and his team, they're really Johnny on the spot. They do a pretty good job and they do a great quality work. And uh, we were down and so we appreciate them coming back out to solve our, our business problems. So that's what, and at the end of the day, my whole thing is to actually go back out there and I feel good when I actually uh, finish with that particular project for a client and they can come back and say, you guys did a great job. Let's give her, give you some referrals out there to and try to help you with your business as well. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so what inspired you to want to run your own company or start your company? Cause you said, you said something which kind of got my attention. You said I bought the company. So, what in, what inspired you to to get involved and become like the CEO of a company? Great question, Dan. You know, I think it came back from, and I love working at corporate America. When I worked in distribution, it was a really great job. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't have all the things I have to do with now. I have to worry about marketing, invoicing, tax. You got to do all kind of different things when you own a company. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I think that what really inspired me to do this was that all the relationships I've built up over the years, all the OEM partners I work with, I'm talking about Microsoft, Cisco, all those individuals. I said, you know what? This is kind of like the uh, the capstone. This is like uh, taking a culmination of all the work and all the experience I've done over the years and just taking all those resources and applying them and actually seeing what can I do to actually make it better for everybody else. So that's what it is. It's more of a, um, it's like, a, like I mentioned about the capstone. It's, it's me going out there and actually saying how, uh, I want people to say my legacy will be delivering quality work. And it's just more of a, it's like a motivational push to do it and actually see how, how much I can build the company up and, and see how much I can make the customers really happy, happy with, the, with the quality of work that we do. Perfect, perfect. Now, um, it's a, lo a, lot of, a lot of strategy work, a lot of business processes and stuff. So if, if we kind of jump into security and then the world of that, what, what do you think um, leaders need to think about that makes a good, for, like a good security strategy? What, what kind of guidance do you give them? Uh, you, you know, I, I, I love security. I think cybersecurity is probably the, the most exciting part of the job. I would say when I work with leaders and say, hey, you know what, the first thing you need to do is actually have a framework. Put some kind of framework and, and put policies and procedures in place. Start from the basics, start from the fundamentals, create your playbooks, and then go out there and say, okay, this is our basic policies and procedures. Now we're going to build a strategy on top of that. And then actually, I would say, build that infrastructure so that you can actually go out there and follow up on it. Make sure that you're checking every day for policies. I mean, I'm sorry, for um. Uh, for any kind of a uh, malicious and uh, spyware that's on the systems, go out there looking, checking your ports, and and, and I, I say that because the hackers, the bad actors, they never stop trying to penetrate your systems. They don't give up, 
And you have to be right 100% of the time. They only have to be right once. And I think that when I talk to, to the people I'm working with, when we especially, especially when we do red, blue, and purple type teaming working together on this, I'm looking for any kind of portals, any kind of openings that they actually have. So I think that if you actually have the right hardware, you've got the right policies and procedures, you have a really great framework, you have people that are actually taking this seriously on your team, they're checking for it. They're checking, going out to availability websites and checking to see what CISA, CISA, what the government agency are saying. This is a new virus that came out today. Make sure that you're patching your infrastructure. And I can give you like so many different examples of companies that left one vulnerable server out there and they got infiltrated and then their whole systems were bring, brought to a, a, a halt. Uh, so yeah. I, would, I would say that would be it. Just a, and then, oh, the last part of that would be training. Train your employees. Go out there. And not only once you do the training, go back out there and do a test two hours later to see what's stuck, you know, and continuously train, continuously go back and apply the, the, the basic fundamentals and continue to test and your infrastructure. Make sure that you're as solid as you can be. There's no such thing as being a 100 percent uh, safe. But my, my advice is to be as solid as you can. Make it tough for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we used to always say, you know, if we can make it more expensive for them at our company, then maybe they'll go and harass another company, right? So I agree. The more, yeah, the more, ex, the more, the more expensive it costs them to do it. Um, okay, now think of um, you know big big um, AI um, shift now, right? The, the the world is is I think the world is going AI crazy, right? Everyone's everyone's talking about it. Everyone's concerned about it. What are, what are you guys seeing and what do you got what are you most excited about? I, I've always been a big fan. I'm gonna go back and date myself to nineteen eighty four when the first Twer Terminator movie came out with with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I always said that it can happen. It can actually happen. Uh I love AI for the, the for the simple reason that I think that artificial intelligence, especially with machine learning, especially with uh, supercomputers like quantum computing, when we get to that particular level. A lot of people are working on it now, and we will get there very soon. I think that there are a lot of problems in the world that we can solve with uh, with AI. We can actually go back and look at uh, uh, like uh, healthcare. Let's 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 solve. Let's be able to resolve and solve these problems with with cancer. Let's be able to when we have another pandemic type virus come out there, use computers so we can actually not only use it for predictability, but to be able to apply some kind of resources and some kind of uh, uh, medicine that we can actually apply to people, give it to people that can solve those problems. So I see AI huge. I see it with uh, with education. Uh, I can see virtual reality, like with the metaverse. I see what they're doing as far as creating those immersive experiences where people can actually put some VR goggles on and I can actually see history. I can see Abraham Lincoln making a presentation or or or, or watching a King speech or whatever it would be. And I, I'm going to learn more because it's going to make it seem so, so real to me that I'm, it's going to absorb better than just reading a book. So I see big changes with AI and so many different levels. I think that uh, the things that we do now, like basic things like voting, some of the basic uh, things, things that we take where we have to go back and do a manual process for it. I can see uh, cryptography. I can see AI. I can see machine learning, uh, blockchain. I see those as the and elements of the future, the very, very near future. And I think that they will become to play sometime here very soon. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny. You know, that's why I wanted to kind of, 
not not go down the dark path of all these technologies because everyone always seems to focus on that right what are you scared of it's like okay but well what are you excited about right because i think the reality with all technologies there's the good side of it and then there's the abuse side of it you know even when facebook first came out everyone's like this is brilliant and they couldn't wait to get the pictures of their kids up there right and then 10 years later you're like um you just created a database of all the pictures of your children growing up and who they are and all the details about them like you're you're enabling bad things to happen but but good intent to begin with you know so so i think the, the good side of this is brilliant and like all other technologies you know ai is going to have the, the the negative side as well but we we will we will prevail as, as we always have, I guess. Um, I, I 100% Dan, and I think about that. You're right, there's always the good and bad. And then there's good, bad, and then there's evil. There's yeah. always gonna be the evil people that's gonna figure this out and say, what can we do to kind of like harm society or harm humanity? Our, our, yeah. our thing is actually, how can we betterment, what's the betterment for humanity? There's always gonna be some naysayers out there, some people that's gonna, that's gonna go the other direction. But we just have to make sure that we put as many uh, uh, practices and policies and pre and and, and, uh, and, uh, and policies and procedures in place to try to inhibit that to stop it when it happens, so that that uh, we can curtail something from that from some of those big events from yeah. happening. The, the the funny thing, I mean, I I think of it like um, all the all that you're going to see with this emerging technology is the negative stuff is going to become more personalized, more complex, more targeted more of it and the defender side has got to use the same technologies to to basically recognize those attacks are going to be evolving like that and then how do we use them so i don't see it as being i i just see it's been an evolution of the last 10 years or 20 years anyway of of attack and defense you know the cat and mouse game doesn't stop it just changes and, it, and you know it's just, i think if anything it's still going to get faster so right um different topic Okay, so uh, when you're in a social circle with people who do not know technology, how do you explain your job to those people? What do you tell them you do? Uh, that's a, a good, a very good question. So I'll go back and say, if I'm making presentation to, uh, let's say some some senior citizens or some people who are really not, how can I say it? Um, they really don't use a computer every single day. It's not something that they normally do. So when I go back and tell them about the technology and I, and I look at that information, I always go back and say, hey, look, I remember when, when you read the stories in history, go back and read the, about the uh, horse and, uh, and, and a carriage, and people saw the automobile coming, coming along and they said, wow, that's going to ruin all the jobs and it's going to be bad. I said, no, eventually those individuals that actually were probably doing a horse and buggy became mechanics, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you, you find something, evolution always makes us better and it takes us to a different level. When the industrial revolution happened, you know, uh, when the when everybody had the, when Bill Gates came out and said, we want every every home to have a personal computer, it actually makes everything better for us. So I try to tell them, say, look at it in the frame of mind and I always use the word, it's gonna be for the betterment of humanity and the betterment of mankind, that we can actually use this technology to the benefit of ourselves when I can actually take a phone out and I can speak to a, a cell phone and actually give it commands and actually does what I wanted to do. I mean, that's that's really good. It's going to make your life simple. It's going to make everything better. So use it for your benefit. And then I try to give examples of say, hey, look, you want to know the weather outside, pick up your iPhone and say, hey, Siri, what's the weather outside? You know, I should have I got to be careful so it doesn't actually say that right now. But, you know, but use it that way. Just use it 
to do some basic calculations, you know, look up information in history, try to and give that information to you just and, and that because it can help you to be a little bit smarter. It can make you more automated. It can make you uh, uh, be a little bit more proactive with uh, some of the activities that you do on a day to day basis. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. So in Scotland, uh, when I was growing up, I was very um, actively helping people with their computers. Right. And at some point it became like this, a, a bit of a drag. So I figured when I moved to California, I was going to tell people that I was an igloo repairman because I knew that in California, the, the likelihood of people hitting me up for doing like side gigs and work on the side was going to be very low if I'm an igloo repairman because, you know, I don't see a lot of igloos over here. So I, I, I figured that that one would be good um, because, you know, I, I was sick and tired of fixing people's bullshit computers. I mean, calling me up all the time because they can't get Doom working was not, not my thing, you know? Uh-huh. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I haven't done desktop support in 10, 15 years. I'm, I'm not going to help you with your PC, you know? Um, so, yeah, so an Igloo repairman, if you're ever curious on how to dodge uh, doing side gigs and hustling <laughs> like that, then just tell people that's your gig and, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll be fine. I like so, that. Um, yeah. Now, when you're so when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, there's a couple of things I enjoy doing. Uh, one of my hobbies that I picked up was flying uh, small airplanes, uh, Cessna, like the 152s. You know, t- uh, single propeller. I like to get the uh, double dual propeller. Uh, when the pandemic hit, it kind of put my uh, lessons on hold, and I just haven't been so busy with the company. I haven't had a chance to get back out there. Uh, but one thing I want to get back out there is flying uh, the small planes. I enjoy that. There's a different type of freedom when I'm actually up three, five thousand feet up in the air, and uh, it's just like it's uh, just feel free doing that. Uh, so that's one thing I really and en- really enjoy enjoying. And the second thing I, I like the outdoors. I love the outdoors. Whether it's uh, some whitewater rafting, it's actually uh, biking. I love bike. I'm talking about 21 speed bike. Uh, that's that's really really fun. And uh, it's just being outdoors. You know, not not when the weather's like 110 degrees outside, but uh, but I, I'm an outdoors guy, so I enjoy the outdoors and being uh, having that feeling of freedom when I'm up in the air. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, I think I mean the one thing about our industry is. It's, it's fast moving, it's high pace, it's high stress. So it's really important for everyone's mental health to think of how do you get downtime? How do you get like to reconnect with nature or just reconnect with yourself, right? Um, or loved ones. So so for me, it's it's vitally important to like work-life balance. And, and that really is, is something about getting out, you know? Now, right. I, I, wanna, I wanna wrap up with, um, if there was one piece of advice that you would give someone in their early stage of their career, what would it be? Building relationships. I have. I, I if I had learned many many years ago, if you really want to go up the corporate ladder, you have to build relationships, and you don't want to burn those bridges. And 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 I'm saying just just meet as many people as you can take down numbers and and actually uh, be friendly with these people, follow up with individuals. Uh, because I think that one of the key lessons I've learned in life is when you have less uh, lesson I learned in life is actually having key relationships and actually being able to call someone for not only for advice or to uh, for favors, whatever the case would be, but at least you're, you're connected. And the other thing I would say that goes along with the relationship is to have coaching. 
Uh, I wish I had learned many years ago that that I thought the, the, the more coaching that you have with people who are like uh, that you consider mentors and they can actually give you advice how you can get to the next level. It is so essential. And, I, and I'll say one more other thing with that, because and I give you an analogy. When you think about sports team, there's a coach. When you think about in in uh, in any in, in, in music lessons or or anything that you want to do in life that you typically have a coach, why not do it for your personal self, for your own personal benefit and for business? Have a business coach, and they'll teach you how to actually go back and take your game up to another level, so you can actually have sky's the limit and have unlimited potential, unlimited capability to accomplish what you want to accomplish because you're utilizing the the, the relationships and then the coaching. Yeah, no, that's excellent advice. And, th- and I think that's one thing, right, is relationships are key to business. Relationships are actually key in life for your happiness. Um, and, and, you know, if you don't look after the relationship, then it always goes downhill. And um, I, I, the other thing on relationships is it's, it's really important to build those connections, nurture those connections before you need them. After you need them... <laughs> It's a little late, you know, um, and and actually, I've I've got um, friends that I partner with in the FBI, and one of the things that they always say to people is build these relationships before the shit hits the fan, because calling and meeting someone for the first time, like the FBI, you know, if they're going to come and help your company or whatever, that that's not the first time you want to meet someone is when you're at your worst, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of professions where. They, they end up meeting people when they're at their worst. So we are blessed in our, our profession that it doesn't have to be like that. Like you can build relationships. So that is great advice, Maurice. Hey, well, first of all, thank you very much for your time. I know you're an extremely busy guy, so it's a pleasure having you on the show. Um, I'd love to stay in touch, and we should check in again at some point soon and just see how, uh, how the business is going and Maybe we can check in on a, a six-month strategy guidance for people as we go through the year. I don't know. We will figure that out. Uh, so, everybody. Oh, and so, Maurice. Yes, thank you very much. Everybody, this is uh, Get It Started, Get It Done. I'm your host, Dan Jones. Um, and, Maurice, thank you very much. We appreciate I, your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Banyan Security and find future episodes of the podcast, please visit us at banyansecurity.io. Special thanks to Urban Punks for providing the music for this episode. You can find their track Summer Silk and all their music at urbanpunks.com.